Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back into The Drive on 6th and Sports Radio, 6thandsports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Carrington Harrison. Very happy to be here. Peter King wrote his final football morning in America today. He announced that he is retiring. This is important because, number one, he was a regular guest this year, so was very disappointed to know that we won't have him back next season as he transitions to the next phase of his life but I remember one of the final conversations that I had with Therese Paler was I told him that I would rank writers that cover football Peter King won I told him I thought Dan Wetzel was number two and I told him that I thought he was number three and we were kind of going back and forth about it and I told him you know hey eventually like you were going to have the access to players the way that Peter King does. And I think we saw this in Therese's career. I don't think maybe, Rob, the average fan sort of understands how hard it is to have access to players. Now, I'm sure there was a time where it was a lot easier to have that access now, but it is not very easy to get access to certain players and to sort of be in the know about what they're thinking, so to speak. And I think what made Therese very unique and what Peter King, I think, is the best at is, if you've seen the video of it, it is literally after the Super Bowl. The Chiefs have just won the Super Bowl. And it is Andy Reid and Peter King, and they are sitting in an office together. And... They are going over the play call in a way that Andy Reid would not do with 99.9% of journalists. Just you don't know them, the trust, the access, any of those things. And at least for me, I started to look at the business a lot different. I don't know if I ever told you this before, Rob, but I went to the combine when the Chiefs had the number one overall pick, when they picked Eric Fisher. And, man, I was in there. I was excited. I was like, man, the Chiefs got the number one overall pick. 
all these people are going to want to talk to me because the Chiefs, you know, you go in there with a mindset. You know, I'm young when this happened. And I saw how information gets shared in the NFL in person. You could see, like, the hierarchy of sort of where you are in the business, where you are in the profession, and you could just see it. And you could see how people trust Peter King, how people like Peter King, and why people talk to him. And there is going to be a void now in media coverage and the way the NFL is consumed and discussed because Peter King made this decision today to step down. Now, I certainly think there are a lot of other avenues, and there are certainly a lot of other people, but... I was thinking a lot about Therese as I was reading his article and just thinking, like, this is the kind of stuff I think Therese was poised to do and I think that he was going to do. Once he left the star and he took the jump to go to Yahoo, like, you could just see that Therese's profile was starting to grow and starting to grow. And Therese had a chance to be really good at covering the NFL for a really, really long time. And I told him this when he was alive. I said, I think you can be Peter King one day. Like, I think you can be the guy that – when, when Patrick Mahomes retires, he sits down and does his long interview, and he only does it with you. Somebody gets that interview when it's over, you know? Somebody gets the long sit-down, Mahomes sits there and tells you stories, and you go back and forth. It's a very, very small group of people that are in a position to do those kind of things. And I thought Therese was one of those people. And today, I was thinking a lot about that with Peter King making the announcement that he was choosing to retire and that he is not going to write his column anymore. First and foremost... Peter King, as far as his ability to write, is sensational. Like, we were reading his article today where he was walking away, and the entire time you kept uttering, he is good at this. And I was smiling and laughing because I had read it this morning, and I was like, yeah, if Peter King wanted to, he could keep doing it. But you know what? He wants to walk away, spend more time with the family. Whatever the reason's good for him, Peter King was the voice of, what, multiple generations of the NFL? I remember when we were probably 10, 13, 14, 15, Carrington. This was before the renovation at Arrowhead. It's like before 07. It's probably 03, 04, 05. I was at a game at Arrowhead, and they had, you know, the, the light board. It wasn't a true jumbotron at the time. The side light board, it said, Peter King picks the Chiefs because he trusts the crazies at Arrowhead. And people went nuts when they read that. That was 02, 03 that he was talking about the NFL on that level. He's been doing it at that level for 20-plus years. He talks to Andy Reid after the Super Bowl about Corn Dog. There's that video from this year. He's like, take me through the play name from a Cole Hardman. As Reid is telling him, he pauses and goes, hey, wait, wait, why do you call it that? And Reid goes, oh, it's because the 12's in motion or that, whatever the reason. And he just smiles, nods, and writes his article and walks away. He was on this show and said after the Germany game, he was just sitting in the office with Matt Nagy and Andy Reid talking about the problems with the offense. Matt Nagy and Andy Reid don't let anyone else just sit in the office after a game. Aaron Ladd covers most games for KSHB 41. He's never just in the office palling around with the guys. Like, there is going to be a void in football because Peter King is no longer part of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that a guy like Albert Breer maybe takes that mantle. I mean, there's a couple of people that I think are potentially in line to do this. It just takes a lot of time to get to the point where – You are trusted enough, respected enough. People look at you in a way that you can have the access that Peter King had uh, in the National Football League. So congratulations to him. Was very happy for him to retire out on his own terms and also just disappointed as someone who had great respect for his work and as someone who was a guest on the show. So I do want to read to you. There were 
two, I would say, worthwhile notes in his final article today. Because a lot of it was, hey, this is my last article. These are my top memories, my top stories. A lot of it was that. There were two really interesting notes in there. The first one was, quote, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that just seems to be the way that the wind is blowing. What I say, the Bears could keep Justin Fields and should trade the first pick down once or twice and build the kind of supporting cast that a team really needs to contend. Suppose GM Ryan Poles trades the top pick down one spot to Washington, who would take Caleb Williams. They would get the second pick in return, a second round pick, and also a 2025 first round pick in return. Then suppose that Poles trades down from the second pick to Atlanta at eight and the Falcons pick another one of the quarterbacks in return. Chicago gets the eighth pick, Atlanta's second round pick, first and second pick next year. Imagine from moving from one to eight and ending up with that draft hall. All of that sounds really good. And I don't think that that is necessarily a bad plan if you are Chicago. I'm telling you this much. You missed When you have the chance, you had a chance to get the long-term answer at quarterback. You had the number three overall pick, and you chose Mitch Trubisky over to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes. You then had another opportunity. You had the number one overall pick. You had a chance to get C.J. Stroud, who looks like he has a chance to be a superstar in this league. You passed on C.J. Stroud. If you do this this third time, boy, you better not be wrong. Because if you're going to, if let's say you do exactly what Peter King said, and you go from one to eight, that means you don't think Caleb Williams is going to be a star. You don't think that Drake May is going to be a star. You don't think that Jaden Daniels is going to be a star. And is there another quarterback that we think goes from one to eight in that range out of those three? I'd be a little bit surprised if Bo Nix was the sixth overall pick in this year's NFL draft, but I guess nothing is crazy, especially at the quarterback situation. You just cannot miss. You cannot be wrong if this is the decision that you are going to make if you're the Chicago Bears. And if you're Ryan Poles, I hope that you know that if this doesn't work, you will be fired and you will never get another general manager opportunity. (laughs) Never. Not once. No team will ever hire you again to be a general manager. So, hey, if, if you feel that strongly about it, it is your job. It is your decision alone. I think you have to draft Caleb Williams if you're the Bears. I think you have to. We have seen 40 starts of Justin Fields. I have no reason to think that Justin Fields can be a star in this league. There's a chance that Caleb is. There's a chance. I think you got to take that chance if you're – I don't think you ever regret drafting Caleb Williams. Maybe you miss, right? Teams miss all the time. I don't know if you regret it. I think there is a chance that you regret trading the number one overall pick. And if you're going to go from one to eight, like you were passing up on a lot of elite high-end prospects. Hell, if you're going to do it, trade out of one, pick up the additional first-round pick, and take who you think the best wide receiver is then. Because there's a couple of kids at wide receiver. I mean, I think there's three. And there's probably going to be three picked in the top ten. All three of them have a chance to be stars in the National Football League. I don't think you can do this if you're the Bears. I thought this was very interesting from Peter King. Quote, I suppose the Bears are going to trade the top pick. I know nothing, but that just seems to be the way the wind is blowing. 
He can say, I don't know nothing. That might be him saying, I don't have confirmation on it. But Peter King does not type that in for his last paper if it's just complete nonsense and completely random. It is a strong hunch, I'm willing to say, given how plugged in he is in the league. And even in a final send-off, he knows, hey, this is the number one story this offseason, and I'm not going to be a part of it. I still want you guys to know where I stand on this. I think the Bears are trading the pick. I think it would be a mistake to trade the number one overall pick. I agree for all the reasons you said, and you know I'm a giant Caleb Williams guy. I was saying it. This summer, I think I told, I think you were gone. I told Dusty, I'm like, Caleb Williams is going to be a star in the NFL. I would rather have him than anyone in last year's quarterback crop. And CJ Stroud was very good. I'd rather have Caleb Williams. One thing that is not being factored in there is if you're going to do this trade out of the number one pick deal, you're going to have to give Justin Fields a contract extension because Justin Fields with all this bevy of weapon and all these picks to rebuild and all this is going to start getting expensive because he just finished what his third year. You're going to, have to pick up his fifth year option, probably get him another contract. What's better in the NFL, Carrington, having a dynamic rookie quarterback on the rookie deal or having a good quarterback, we'll call him good, on an expensive deal? 100 times out of 100, GMs will tell you, I'd rather have the rookie quarterback because of the rookie contract and I want them playing to exceed the value. Just financially, it makes no sense for the Bears to then say, hey, we're going to do everything we can for Justin Fields, who's what? At best, the 12th best quarterback in the NFL, that would be beyond foolish. And also, in that Peter King plan, you're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. at eight. So you're passing on the best quarterback and the best other player in the draft in that world. You're trading down twice to get Peter Skronsky and Rome Adunzier, who I think is pretty good, but he's not Marvin Harrison Jr., Ryan Poles are running out of town. You have to take Caleb Williams. Someone said this could be a leverage move to get more for Fields. I mean, at this point, I think we know what Justin Fields is worth. Justin Fields is worth a second-round pick. I mean, the Bears can play the leverage move and try to get more out of him. I don't really think that... I don't think that Fields... I think he has value. I don't think you can play yourself if you are the Bears on what the value is for him as a player. I don't think you can play yourself. I take my second round pick. You've got two top 10 picks if you're the Bears. I draft Caleb Williams. I go best available with the ninth overall pick. You also can probably move up in the draft if you really want to from nine with the assets that you get if you feel really inclined to. And that that's what I would do if I'm the Bears. But they're also the Bears, and they're allergic to great offensive skill position players. They've never been dynamic offensively in our entire life, and this decision will probably lead them in that exact same direction. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over Think your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. It's never going to happen for Eric Bieniemy, is it? I mean... We find ourselves in the exact same place that we've been at now multiple times. And over the course of the last, I don't know, I would say 18 months, maybe a little bit more than that. We have gone from, I would say the Eric B enemy appeared to be the hottest candidate in NFL coaching circles. If there was a vacancy, Eric Bieniemy was at the top of the list, and he was one of the people that you absolutely had to sit down with and had to interview. That's where Eric Bieniemy was maybe two, three off seasons ago. You remember Eric Bieniemy was getting offers to be a college head coach. He had a chance to go be the head coach at his alma mater at Colorado and made the decision to stay as the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. He then, I don't want to say he outgrew the job, but he had bigger aspirations than that. And I think it became very apparent that if you want to be a head coach in the National Football League, you are going to have to go through a different path. That whatever the offense accomplishes, you personally will get no credit for it. That is going to be Andy. That is going to be Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't even getting any credit for the development of the quarterback. That was Mike Kafka. That was Matt Nagy. Hey, you are not going to get any credit for what is happening here offensively. This offseason, when the Chiefs weren't going so hot, we made it seem like Eric Bieniemy was the glue that was holding this thing together. Well, fast forward now, Rob, and he was out of a job in the National Football League, and we're trying to figure out, hey, where are you going to be? Where are you going to land? Eric Bieniemy has now finalized a two-year deal. He is going to join UCLA. He is going to be the associate head coach. He also is going to be the offensive coordinator for the UCLA Bruins. I would argue, I don't even know it's an argument, he had the best offensive coordinator job in the National Football League, and now he is the offensive coordinator at UCLA. Maybe the eighth best program in the Big Ten? I don't know It's eight. I mean, Chip Kelly just left that job to be an offensive coordinator at another Big Ten school. So you're telling me the offensive coordinator of that school is the eighth best position? Like, UCLA's basketball coach, I'm cross-sport hearing here, is every chance he gets telling the media the NIL sucks over here. We can't compete. I don't know. UCLA is the top ten job in their own conference. 
life is really coming to Eric Bieniemy fast. I mean, I'm sure there are a multitude of reasons why. But man, just two seasons ago, I guess we've only passed one football season. He was the offensive coordinator for a Super Bowl winning team. One football season has passed. You went from offensive coordinator on a Super Bowl winning team to now you were taken over to be the associate head coach and offensive coordinator at UCLA. I mean, give me a better life comes at you fast moment than Eric Bieniemy. I don't have one. I cannot think of one. I mean, to further this, he's now the offensive coordinator for a guy who's never been a head coach, period. Like, there was a time, it was during COVID. Eric Bieniemy had, what, nine interviews that year for a head coaching job? There were people who believed Eric Bieniemy was intentionally tanking interviews because he was waiting for the perfect job because he's such a hot candidate. Fast forward four seasons, and he is the OC at a middling college program for a guy who has never been a head coach at Division I level. And I bet if we went around Kansas City right now and polled people and said, who's the head coach of UCLA football, more people than not would not know who it is. That is a serious fall from grace. I mean, I don't even know who it is, honestly. I'm pretty sure it's Deshaun Foster. Yeah, okay, I did know that. He was their running back coach last year for Chip Kelly because – why wouldn't he get bumped up over former NFL offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy? Someone says, CDOT, it's a black thing. You definitely understand this. I, I mean, I'm not going to make it seem like that's not part of it. But, I mean, I just saw a team hire Antonio Pierce this offseason. I just saw a team hire Gerard Mayo this offseason. I just saw a team two seasons ago hire D'Amico Ryans. All of those guys look exactly like Eric Bieniemy. So I'm not going to say that his race plays zero factor into it, but I'm just trying to think of a guy where a fall from grace went from you were the offensive coordinator for a Super Bowl winning team. Literally one football season has passed. You are now out of the league and you are an associate head coach to someone who has never been a head coach before, and it's not even a premier job. It's not like he's the offensive coordinator right now at Alabama. That would make sense. It's not like Eric Bieniemy right now is the offensive coordinator at, at Ohio State if you took that job. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. Hey, that's a team that's probably going to win the national championship this year. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. And maybe this is an impossible question to answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. Why are people on Andy Reid's staff no longer trendy names or getting jobs? Like, everything about Spagnolo, and I know I'm changing the, a little bit here, but everything about Steve Spagnolo's resume after last year in the NFL warranted at least interviews for a head coaching job. Spag's resume was better than Dan Quinn's, and Dan Quinn got a job. It was the last job available, last man off the boat, but Spag's resume was better. It He's was not interviews. I, Eric Bieniemy got interviews, didn't go anywhere. Matt Nagy's name's not connected to anyone. Remember Mike Spags was, was a hot bad man? as a head coach. I mean, it was bad. I mean, Dan Quinn re- had the worst collapse in Super Bowl history. Yes, the Super Bowl. 
I mean, Steven Spagnolo is 11 and 41 as a head coach. You're right. Dan Quinn, it didn't go well. It went poorly in the Super Bowl. Spags is Spags is a great Robin. I think the league knows that about him. Now we can now we can ask the question of why was he just unavailable as a defensive coordinator for Andy Reid to call and say, "Big fella, I need you," and he just came to Kansas City and turned this thing around and has now been a part of three Super Bowl wins. That's a question we can ask. But Spags had a chance to be a head coach in the league. He had a chance. He went 11 and 41 as a head coach. He was bad, really bad at it. And I think the league just kind of knows that and it's over. It's time. I mean, there have been bad coaches who go be a coordinator, rehab their image and bounce back. That happens all the time. Eric Mangini got two head coaching jobs. Eric, Josh McDaniels got multiple head coaching jobs. Josh McDaniels was as bad as any coach in the history of the NFL. He got multiple jobs. I get Spags was horrible, horrible in St. Louis. But what he's done in Kansas City doesn't warrant at least an interview. What what has happened where Andy Reid is viewed as his coaching tree god and no one is even picking the fruit off his trees anymore? No, and that's fair. I mean, I think a lot of it with Josh McDaniel was he was so young when he got that first opportunity. You know, I am not a Josh McDaniels defender at all. He was really young when he got that first opportunity. I mean, it did start okay. It started okay. I mean, he started 8-8, eight and eight, you know. He started out okay. It then went very, very poorly, very, very quickly for Josh McDaniel. I think that's kind of been the thing with Josh McDaniel is he got his first shot so young and then they gave him another one. He's not even 50. Josh McDaniel's 47 years old. Spags is 64. He's 64 years old. So I think some of that is it too of I think just your time has passed as you kind of being that guy at 64 years old. You got your opportunity. It went extremely poorly. You then got a chance to be an interim head coach after a guy got fired. It still went poorly. I mean, that was probably your chance to do it. You're, that, would, that, that was your second opportunity. You failed in St. Louis. You got a second chance with the Giants as an interim. You didn't kind of have that spark. Like, you look at the Raiders. The reason Antonio Pierce got that job is because they beat Kansas City. If you want to look at why Antonio Pierce, the players responded really well. And the players went to vouch for him. You know the big rumor about Max Crosby. Max Crosby went to Mark Davis and said, if you don't hire Antonio Pierce, I am requesting a trade. When your best player does that, and he's got it back. Also, Devontae Adams had his back. I think that went a long way. And they got a big-time win late in the season. They were the last team to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. If you do those kind of things, somebody's eventually going to give you a job. Coming up on this side, let's keep the NFL conversation going. I think there is a chance that at least one of these two big-time NFL superstars get traded this offseason. I'll tell you who. Keep it right here. So drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. Rob, we're going to throw two players out there. We're going to throw two players into the mix that could potentially be traded this offseason. But before we do this, I just saw on the screen. The United States is playing Mexico again in soccer. Now don't look at don't look at me like that. Again? I mean, yes. They don't play anybody else. They're playing them again in soccer. What is what are they playing them in? What is this? They don't have by to qualify way, for the World Cup. By the way, that's the women's team, just a heads up. Okay, I didn't know. We didn't say that on the thing. It's the women's team is playing Mexico. Okay. I was about to say, because I know men's soccer, they play Mexico all the time. That's yeah. the only country they play. They will close out group play tonight against longtime foe Mexico. That's the women's team is playing tonight. Okay. All I, right. They're, I was a little worried there for a second. Yeah. I do know that Dennis Rodman's daughter plays on the women's team. I do know that. Mm-hmm. That's my. That's all I know about women's soccer right now. And they disappointed at the World Cup last year. I know that, yeah. But I mean, like, this current team. Because I know a lot of the women's soccer players that we've known, they're not playing anymore, right? Like, Megan Rapino, she's not playing anymore. Yeah, they've all aged out. Yeah, no, it's it's over. So mm-hmm. now they got new players. And I know that uh, Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity, that's her name, Trinity Rodman. I know that she's on the team. Look at that. You didn't know. You didn't know I knew. That's when you're the second most soccer expert in the city, Nate Bucati won, me too. You know, that's the kind of information that I give you when it comes to the uh, to the to the foosball. You didn't know they were playing, but you can name one player because it's, it's, it comes out in the wash. Yeah, no, that's what I'm exactly. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's why I'm the second. I mean, they could probably tell you two or three players. So not that many more than me. That's why I'm telling you I'm number two when it comes to it. All right. This is what I wanted to talk to you about. Something that I actually do know a little bit about two players that I think could possibly get traded this offseason. One, Devontae Adams. I think there's a chance 
Devontae Adams is 32 years old on a team that all of us can identify is going nowhere next season. They're going to have a new coach, a new quarterback. They don't have a premium pick. It's not like the Raiders have the third overall pick that they have an easy path to getting their quarterback. So maybe they make a trade up. Maybe they're one of the teams that makes a big trade. Maybe the Raiders are going to move from 13 to 2 in the NFL draft. I doubt it, but possibly. So the Raiders are going to have a season in which they have a new head coach. I'm assuming they're going to be incredibly average at quarterback next season. Why would I think that they're going to be good at QB next year with the 13th overall pick next season? And they got a 32-year-old wide receiver that came to play for Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is down in New Orleans? I think there's a chance that Devontae Adams gets traded here in the next couple of weeks. You and I both know there's going to be one or two. Wow. There's going to be one or two. You see it before me. You hit the breaking news sounder. There's a big story in the National Football League, and we talk about it the rest of the day. I think that's Devontae Adams getting traded at some point this offseason. I know the Raiders got to eat a lot of money, but if you're the Raiders, I would say that Antonio Pierce probably has a little bit of leeway this upcoming season because people know the challenges. You trade Devontae Adams now, his value, it can only decrease from this point on. He's 32 years old, and he's still playing at a really high level. We also know that he's not going to be suspended next year for pushing that UMKC student down at Arrowhead. So he's healthy. He's not going to be suspended. He could be potentially the missing piece for your team. Is Devontae Adams still worth the second-round pick? Is he still worth a late first round pick if you're trying to trade for him? Possibly to somebody. So I'll throw one of them out there and I'll throw Devontae Adams as the possible trade. Okay. Let me say this about Devontae Adams. We'll get to the player in a second. Didn't you just last segment explain that one of the reasons Antonio Pierce has his job is reportedly Max Crosby said, trade me or keep Pierce. And Devontae yeah. Adams went to Mark Davis and said, that's my guy, hire my guy. So you think Mark Davis... Got a word from his star wide receiver that he wants a certain coach hired, did it to appease that player, and then is going to turn around and trade that player? That just doesn't seem like the timeline of events. Like, remember when Romeo Cornell got hired, and everyone was like, it's because the players love him, and reportedly Tom Bahali vouched for him? The Chiefs didn't turn around the ensuing offseason and trade Tom Bahali. But, but to me, there's a big difference with Max Crosby, who was 26 years old, who was maybe at the forefront of this, and Devontae Adams, who will be 32 years old at some point over the NFL season. Like I would say in Max Crosby, you still have one of the premier pass rushers in the league and a foundational piece for what you're going to do moving forward. Max Crosby can be there in year three, year four with Antonio Pierce. Devontae Adams will not be on the team then. I would say that Devontae Adams is probably not on the team next season. This is probably Devontae Adams last year with the Raiders. If you look at his contract, his base salary jumps from this year at $16.8 million. It goes to $35.6 million, and he goes from a $25 million cap hit to a $44 million cap hit as a 33, 34-year-old wide receiver. So Devontae Adams is probably already playing his last season with the Las Vegas Raiders. And if you were telling me in your last year, you're on a team that I'm not having them making the playoffs. I imagine you're not having them make the playoffs. There is not a move the Raiders can do this offseason that would have me put them in the playoffs for next season. So maybe he's not a guy that gets traded before the season. 
At the trade deadline, Devontae Adams is a player we will be talking about in October. Hey, the Raiders are sitting there, and they're 2-4. and four. They're not making the postseason. Maybe you should go get Devontae Adams if you're a contending team and you feel like he could be the missing piece. I'd rather just be proactive. And instead of getting a draft pick for the 2025 NFL draft, why don't you just get one for the 2024 NFL draft and you trade Devontae Adams to the Bears for a second-round pick and you go from there? Let's talk about the actual player now that we just we disagree on him being a trade candidate. That's fine. We'll talk about the actual player. How is he different than what DeAndre Hopkins was this time last year? Because remember, it is 12 months ago. DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals are not on the same page. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks he's going to get cut before free agency starts because of his age. You know, he had some injury issues. Devontae Adams is different. He's healthy. But there were some injury issues, some declining play issues. Everyone thought he'd be cut. The Cardinals were like, no, nah, we're going to try to trade him. They never got him traded. They eventually cut him, and he signed a one-year, I guess it wasn't one year, he signed a very incentive-laden deal with the Tennessee Titans. Isn't that kind of what Devontae Adams smells like? He's obviously more talented. He's not as injury-prone, but if the Cardinals couldn't move DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of balls and they said to cut him in June, isn't that doesn't that mean Devontae Adams' value is not second-round pick from the Bears? It's more like conditional third based on his health because he's 31 years old. Yeah, but I think the injuries, though, are a massive reason of why the league started to change about DeAndre Hopkins. Like those last couple of years with the Cardinals, he just wasn't healthy. I mean, in 2021, DeAndre Hopkins had 42 catches for 572 yards. That was Devontae Adams last year with the Packers. He was obviously very good. And then in 2022, he had 64 catches for seven or for 700 yards. So I, I do, I do think there was reason to think that Deandre Hopkins didn't have a whole lot left in the tank. Now he had a great year this year with Tennessee, 75 catches, a little over a thousand yards had seven touchdowns this season. I was wrong on Deandre Hopkins. I thought he was washed. He was not washed this year. Devontae Adams has been healthy, been really productive. Just based on what we've seen over the last four years, I don't think there's a reason to think that Devontae Adams won't have 1,000 yards receiving next year. And what good is 1,000 yards receiving on a team that none of us think is going to make the postseason? So, So if you're the Raiders, and I don't know if you can be building for this upcoming season, I think you have to be building for the future, Hey, you tried it for two years with Devontae Adams. You rolled the dice. It didn't work. And now it's time to recognize that it didn't work for you, at least as an organization. And you try to take what you can get. You use that compensation. You use that draft pick. And you try to go build for the future. Last thing with Devontae Adams, I do want to hear the second player. How much of what he's doing, like stat-wise, is pure volume? Because you say this a lot on the show, and I love when I get to use your words against you. Every team has a number one wideout, Rob, so they have to get the targets. Somebody has to catch the ball. He had 180 targets in 2022, and last year had 175. That's a lot. And the year before that, when he was in Green Bay, he had Aaron Rodgers, another 170 targets. The year before that, the COVID season, 150 targets. If he's not going to a team where he's going to get a lion's share of the targets, I'm talking enormous target numbers here, like giant. What does his stat line look like? Maybe a team like the bears that has no weapons trades for him. But if you're a team that already has an established player and you're trying to bring him in as guy number two or three, 
Do we know he has the juice left? Because he's not getting 180 targets. He's he's still really a 1100 yard guy. Yeah, I mean, or maybe you're a team like the Houston Texans, for example, that. I would say Houston has, I don't know if they have that traditional true number one, but you got a lot of really talented young weapons. You bring in a veteran that wants to try to win a ring and you try to go all in while you got CJ Stroud on his rookie contract. Like there's probably six to eight teams that I think make a lot of sense. If you want to go trade for Devontae Adams, if you're Houston, I think he makes a lot of sense for you. You got a chance to compete. You got Nico Collins. You'll get Tank Dell back. You got a decent run game. Hey, you are going for it next year. You got a wide open division. And if you're Houston next year, obviously Kansas City is at the top. There is no reason to think that with a couple of moves, Houston can't see themselves as a team that could be in the AFC championship game next year. That's how they should view it. I mean, I doubt they're better than Kansas. I doubt we come to the conclusion at the end of this summer that they're better than Kansas City, but You're telling me that Houston can't make a couple of moves that we look at them the same way we look at Buffalo or the same way we look at Cincinnati or look at Baltimore. I, I I think quarterback play is pretty comparable. So that would just be a team that I would throw out there as a team like the Houston Texans. You take one big gamble, you trade a conditional third round pick that could be a second round pick, depending on certain things happen and you go get Devontae Adams. Are we certain that Diggs is back in Buffalo? Like, are we 100% certain that Stephon Diggs is back in Buffalo? Because I asked that question. Buffalo has now tried this thing now for, what, three straight seasons, and they have not really made a lot of changes. And they continue to bump their head on a ceiling. And if you want to talk about a declining player, Stephon Diggs, the second half of the season, was a declining player that if you were going to get out of the – business of Stefan Diggs this is the exact perfect time to do so now he also is potentially entering the final year of his contract in Buffalo he's 31 years old now I think he's probably more unlikely than Devontae Adams but if you're Buffalo you have tried this thing and tried this thing and nothing has worked so far are we sure that Diggs is back in Buffalo next year I think on the field it's a great question because Stefan Diggs is a diminishing player and he has shown a little bit of beef in the past with Josh Allen, but isn't his contract super prohibitive? I looked it up on spot track. He's going to carry at the end of the 24 season, $22 million in dead cap. If you cut him, so you're going to have to trade him to a team and they're going to have to immediately renegotiate his deal or take on $22 million in dead cap because let's say you don't do that and you don't renegotiate. You just take him for the next four years. He at 33 years old is going to make $19 million. That's not really how the NFL works anymore. How many 33-year-old wideouts are making $19 million? So on the field, I think Diggs is a very big trade candidate. I don't know if you can move his contract to your Buffalo, which is great news for Kansas City because that's multiple contracts the Bills have signed. They're just real albatrosses on their cap, but I don't know you can move him salary-wise. Yeah, I'm just looking at Diggs' season last year. I mean, this is, I mean, this was probably the worst season that Diggs has had since he's become a guy. Like, I think we kind of viewed him as a number two behind Adam Thielen, and then he has really emerged, and he's become a legitimate number one wide receiver in the league. Like, he had one fewer catch in 2023 than he had in 2022 and had 300 less yards. 
So the usage, the volume was the same. He was just a significantly diminished player this past season. You remember, it was a lot of noise around Stephon Diggs last offseason. Remember, his brother was tweeting, and then he was showing up, and then he wasn't showing up, and it was concerning that he wasn't there. I mean, we saw Diggs sort of wear out his welcome in Minnesota. He played five years for the Vikings. He then went to the Bills. This is year four heading into year five, and it seems like their marriage is about to end very, very quickly. I'm just throwing out two names here. We're getting ready for the NFL offseason. The combine's about to get going, and we're going to start getting NFL news here very, very quickly. But if you want two players that I'm kind of looking at as a possibility of who could get moved, Devontae Adams is one, and Stephon Diggs is another one. I'm really looking at the Devontae Adams one. It's, I, I just... I don't know why the Raiders would keep him this season. If I was the Raiders, I would just pull off the Band-Aid. We're not going to be good this year. We're not going to be good. I think the Raiders are going to be the worst team in the AFC West this upcoming season. The Chiefs are better than them. I think you would have to expect the Chargers to be better. Now with them getting Jim Harbaugh at head coach, I think the Broncos could potentially be a better team. We'll see what they do at the quarterback position, but Sean Payton will at least like their quarterback, which is an upgrade over what they had last year at the position. I think there's a chance of the worst team in the league, our worst team in the division, not in the league. There's a chance. I just don't know why you would then have a very expensive wide receiver who is 32 years old if all of those things are true. Speaking of the Broncos, here's Mina Kimes. This audio is courtesy of NFL Live. Here are some of the Broncos' options at QB. It's tricky for Denver. This isn't like the Bears where we talk about them moving on from fields. It's very obvious why uh, there isn't a very clear path for the Broncos to their quarterback of the future. There, there's a few options, though. One would be to just take a bridge quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, for example, uh, and who won't cost a ton of money uh, to get them past this point where they're still paying Russell Wilson a lot of money, even though he's not on the team, if they were to let go of him. Another option would be to hope uh, a quarterback they like falls to them at pick 12. But that's a tricky spot, Hannah, because not only are they behind a bunch of teams at the top of the draft who are going to take probably the top three quarterbacks uh, in Chicago, Washington, and New England, they're also behind Minnesota, which is another team I think a lot of us expect to be eyeing that next group of quarterbacks in the draft. So they might have to potentially jump the Vikings to get in Atlanta, who I mentioned earlier is ahead of them as well. And then the third option would be if New England didn't want a quarterback at three to trade up to that spot. But increasingly, it looks like they that's going to be a quarterback. So uh, for me, I'd say unless they really love one of that second tier of quarterbacks, I would probably go for a bridge option like Jacoby Brissett, who I've always been very high on. But it is a difficult situation for Denver. There are no very obvious choices. None of the options that Mina Kimes just gave for the Broncos are good options. And they are some of the worst possible options that you could have at quarterback. So I was hosting on Sirius last week. You know, I filled in for Adam Shine, uh, Rob. And so we kind of went around the NFL and I interviewed people from various cities to kind of, hey, wh- what's your plan at quarterback this season? I had on Josh Dover and I asked him week one of the season, who do you think is the starting quarterback for the Broncos? And he said, Jared Stidham. And I laughed just right then and there. I laughed. And I said, hey, congratulations. The Broncos are going to have the seventh overall pick in the 2025 NFL draft. Can you imagine going into the season feeling like you'd have absolutely no chance? Just none. None. Jared Stidham, 
That's how you feel in February, who your quarterback is going to be? Lie to me. Hey, tell me that we're going to draft somebody. It might not even be true. Be wrong. I can live with you being wrong. Going into the season with Jared Stidham is it's wild. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's wild. Uh, coming up on the other side, Rob, I'm going to have you do a uh, – there is a TikTok challenge that has been going around. I want you to participate. I don't think you know what it is, but I'm going to have you participate in the TikTok challenge, and then we'll get to very serious sports things afterwards. Come right back. It's the drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.